0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Our show today is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a company that provides nutrition information that really changes lives, and we're reaching people nationwide and even worldwide. And I just had the opportunity to do my first Skype appointment a few weeks ago uh, with a wonderful woman who lives out west. She might actually have her nine-year-old son call or call and Skype. An appointment with me in a couple months. Apparently, he's a budding young chef. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I have a Skype appointment today. So it's just really neat that we're reaching it, so many people. Those
2: Skype appointments are great. I mean, really, anybody across the nation, across the world, are able to call in and do consultations with us. Right. It's fantastic. I know you've done some of those, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Kara Carper, a licensed nutritionist
0: and educator. And you heard another voice here in the studio. I am excited to be here with Katie Harla, is a licensed and registered dietitian and katie and i actually share a space with joanne and dar at the wyzetta office Uh, but katie also travels over to our lakeville office to see clients Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i'm glad we have that online scheduling so we can kind of keep track of where we're supposed
2: to be exactly it's wednesday today okay where am i today oh yeah lakeville (laughs) okay um you know so hi cara i'm really excited to be on the show today and talking about this topic You know, it doesn't seem to come up in everyday conversation that excess estrogen can cause an increased risk in cancer, and it's cancers that affect the reproductive organs that we are referring to, such as breast cancer, ovarian cancer, uh, cervical, uterine, and prostate cancers. I agree with you. You
0: know, the connection between excess estrogen and cancer is really not talked about very Mm -hmm. much. So we're going to spend the hour today discussing that. All of our lives have been impacted by cancer. You know, each and every one of us has either a family member, a friend, colleague, a partner who has had a cancer diagnosis. So I feel like the more information we can share and the more knowledge that people have, the more power
2: they will have Mm -hmm. for prevention or remission. Exactly. You know, and studies are actually showing us that genetics and obesity contribute to a third of cancers affecting the reproductive organs. You know, the cause of the other two-thirds is not as clear right now, but more and more current research is pointing to chemical estrogen exposure and issues with metabolism and detoxification due to diet and lifestyle. Typically, we think of
0: cancer as developing when people get older because the longer we live the more opportunities there are for genetic damage in the body. But in the case of certain cancers,
2: like, for example, breast cancer, mm-hmm. so many younger women are now being diagnosed. Right, and we're really going to talk about some of the research, too. And here's a, um, an interesting study. The Journal of American Medica- uh, Medicine published a study earlier this year, and it found that the number of young women aged 25 to 39 being diagnosed with advanced breast cancer is increasing in the U.S. That's amazing. I mean, that's something Mm -hmm. that really... 25 to 39. We should be paying attention to that. used to be something, you know, older and older being diagnosed, but now here we are, Mm -hmm. 25 being diagnosed with advanced breast cancers. And
0: you're right. We really have to look at all of the factors involved as to why this is happening. And as we already said, genetics and obesity are both significant factors
2: Mm -hmm. for about 30%. Right. You know, we really do want to dig deeper into what is causing the other close to 70% of reproductive cancers and explain how, you know, how does this excess estrogen that we're going to be talking about, how does that play a role in some of these cancers?
0: Let's start by introducing our listeners to the basics of estrogen. And estrogen is a hormone. It's produced primarily in the ovaries in women and in the testes in men. Its main job in women is the development of the breasts and the uterus, although it also influence, influences bone density, insulin function, thyroid hormones, hormones, fat deposits, and skin integrity.
2: You know, Cara, all of the reasons that you were just stating explain why small amounts of estrogen are also playing an important role in men. You know, men need estrogen for bone health. They need estrogen for thyroid hormones, and they need it for insulin function as well. You know, for men, um, estrogen really plays a role in sperm production.
0: Both women and men can have excess estrogen. Not everybody realizes that, Right. you know. Some of the symptoms are similar, and others, of course, are going to be different. An interesting thing to note, though, is that for both men and women who have excess estrogen, The pathway in the body for detoxifying and getting rid of the excess are the same.
2: So we're going to talk a lot more about that later in the show. Right. And you, I mean, you were mentioning, Cara, that men are having more excess estrogen too. Um, I even think about clients I've been sitting down with recently, guys that, you know, what we'll talk about is guys are having much more excess excess Mm -hmm. estrogen and I'm seeing it. And I'm sure you're seeing it too. Yep. Quite a bit. You know, so excess estrogen, also known as estrogen dominance, shows up a lot, um, and it has different symptoms in women. It's been linked to uterine fibroids. It's been linked to ovarian cysts. Maybe you have endometriosis. Maybe you get fibrocystic breasts and low libido. Even low thyroid function, you know, also called uh, like the hypothyroidism, can be related back to that estrogen dominance we're talking about.
0: And women also get headaches that are related to estrogen dominance or menstrual migraines. And I've seen firsthand with friends and clients how debilitating those menstrual migraines can be. Yes. Other women struggle with infertility or miscarriages.
2: Yes. You know, the list really does go on. I think, I bet a lot of our listeners right now are kind of queuing in like, oh, I think I have some of these excess estrogen um, signs. The list goes on. You know, many women experience, like the headaches Carl was talking about, but also fatigue. They get a lot of weight gain, or they just really have a tough time losing that weight.
0: Katie, you were sharing with me that you had several symptoms of estrogen dominance that created a hormonal imbalance Mm -hmm. for you. And I'm wondering if you can share what some of your symptoms were.
2: Absolutely, you know, and I think I've shared this on the radio before on um, other shows about maybe skin was one, yes, and- absolutely, so i you know I have a history of um I guess I adopted more of a a processed food conventional approach to some nutrition. I ate really low fat. Mm-hmm. Um, I ate a lot of kind of junky fats, too, that we talk about, you know, like trans fats. Um, at the same time, I started to kind of get cravings for a lot of processed foods. So my, ba- my diet really wasn't balanced like we talk about. Mm-hmm. A lot of processed foods, lots of low fat. You know, I had my fair share of diet sodas in there, too. <laughs> um, but all of that, I started to notice that... I started to get a lot of I guess PMS symptoms where I didn't have that before. You know, kinda of, what is this? What's this new new PMS that I'm experiencing? I would get really overly moody and I you know, I'm not a moody person. Um, no, it's like I can't imagine you being PMS right. or not.
0: You know? Right?
2: <laughs> um, really heavy periods all of a sudden, you know. And I think you know I've talked to clients. You know, oh, I'm I'm getting really heavy periods the first couple days um, where they're constantly running the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I started to get a lot of hormonal acne. You know, the the jawline stuff. You know, I have gals come in. They're like, oh, you know, I really break out around my period. It's the really like kind of the cystic ones around the jawline. Um, so all of this started to clear once I almost started to detox my body with real food.
0: And I know, yeah, the, the real food. And then also, you also mentioned that you were taking a couple of supplements that helped you to detoxify yes. those excess estrogens.
2: And I think that was a that was a primary in this, too. Um, the food was a huge piece, food first. Um, but from there, I was taking something called Estrofactors, and it's a supplement um, by Nutridyne. And it really did make a big difference in my ability to detox those excess. Excess estrogens—it's kind of a tongue twister. I know. <laughs> We're going that a lot during the show too. Five times fast. Um, <laughs> it's a plant-based formula designed to rid the body of those excess estrogens. Partly, what it does is it supports the liver, and our livers our main detoxification organ. So that mm-hmm. that estro factors. I took that, you know, a few times throughout the day, and it really made a huge difference in some of those PMS symptoms that I was experiencing. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you your life back. You know, you don't want to get to that point where. Okay, I'm going to be, you know, getting around my period. Okay, all this, mm-hmm. all these changes are going to happen. It's like just, every month you're right, just dreading you
0: are. a week of your life. Yes, you know? exactly. No so good. it's
2: certainly changed that.
0: <laughs> We're going to remind everyone later also about that supplement, EstroFactors, because it is a key nutrient when it comes to um, estrogen-related cancers and prevention. Cancer, of course, is one of the most serious outcomes of estrogen dominance in women. You know, we're talking about all these symptoms with mm-hmm. PMS, and, but cancer, of course, is one of the, the most severe. The American Cancer Society estimates one in three women will develop some type of cancer in her lifetime.
2: That's a huge st- statistic, one in three. And
0: look at the statistics here on breast cancer. The rates have increased from one in 20 back in 1960 Today, it's one in eight. Wow. And we know that breast cancer, uterine cancer, and ovarian cancer are all considered estrogen-dependent cancers. So our risk of all of these increases when there's that estrogen dominance.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, and the list of symptoms for men, having too much estrogen is not as long as it is for women, but it does exist. You know, the most common issues for men are things like weight gain, or they start to develop men start to develop breasts. They get mood swings, and they have an increased risk for benign prostatic prostatic, um, hyperplasia. Or what it really is is the enlarged prostate, and it makes urinating more difficult for them. Then they also could develop prostate cancer. Um, Men with excess estrogen can also have low libido. So again, Mm -hmm. I had a guy in last week that had been diagnosed with prostate cancer and Mm -hmm. he had a lot of the signs of high estrogens. And I actually ended up putting him on some of the estrofactors to get rid of some of those bad estrogens. Sure.
0: It's not just For women. Right. (laughs) Is it time to take a break here? It is. You know, when
2: we get back, we'll talk about maybe where are those excess estrogens coming from. But for now, we're going to take a quick little break. So, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. My name is Katie Harla and I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. And across the way really is that voice is my wonderful coworker, Cara Carper, um, licensed nutritionist. But before we go to break, I want to quickly address the idea of batch cooking. You know, if you've been listening to Dishing Up Nutrition for any length of time, you know that our food philosophy really revolves around eating real foods in balance. You know, in a fast food culture, that's a tall order. I want to give you a little peek inside what my routine is. Sometimes it's fancy and sometimes it's really not. You know, I don't have a lot of time for cooking during the weekdays, so I do all of my shopping and cooking on Sundays. That's my plan. You know, to keep it simple, I eat the same meal for lunch all week. Yes, I get a little bored of it by day five, but hey, you know, I really want to eat real food, and sometimes I get short on time. I bet a lot of people can relate. So I can't spend every extra minute in the kitchen. You know, for example, I'd make a batch of the chili recipe or chicken wild rice recipe on our website, and I'd serve it with some maybe celery sticks and almond butter. I switch it up every week to kind of keep myself interested in my food. So when we come back, Carl will have a couple other ideas for you. And if you have any questions today, why don't you give us a call in studio at 651-641-1071.
1: A wise doctor once said, today you are you. That's truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. The doctor in question was Dr. Seuss. And I bet he would like the attitude and approach they use at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. For more than 25 years, the licensed nutritionists, registered dietitians, and nutrition educators have worked one-on-one with clients. Because they know no one is youer than you, they will come up with an individualized eating plan that addresses your needs, your body, your health concerns. Because they use research-based knowledge, and because they care, they can guide you to be the best, healthiest, most energetic you you can be. Come into one of their Twin Cities-based office locations for a consultation or schedule a counseling session over the phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Call them at 651-699-3438. That's 651-699-3438. Or go to weightandwellness.com. They will get results for you. It's true.
2: Nutritional Weight and Wellness is now open in Maple Grove. Call them today at 651-699-3438.
0: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Kara Carper, licensed nutritionist. I'm here with Katie Harla, licensed dietitian. Um, Katie was giving you some great ideas on how she does batch cooking once a week. And I love that she shared that she eats kind of the same thing mm-hmm. every day. And I do, we were talking on break how I do that too. the same thing. Because it just makes it a lot it easier. It makes it easier. Yeah. Just make so, a huge
2: batch of chili soup. Yeah. I mean, maybe make a bunch of burgers and have some, you know, a little sweet potato and. Broccoli, yeah, whatever. Yeah, with, with some butter. I mean,
0: I do the same thing with snacks. And here's one of my go-to snacks. It has been for a really long time. Um, I try to boil eggs on the weekend every week. And I try to boil usually a dozen. So, you know, my snack will be a hard-boiled egg. That's mm-hmm. the protein part. And then when I'm shopping, I look for bags of organic apples instead of buying them individually. They tend to be less expensive. They mm-hmm. also tend to be the right size. They're not huge. Yes, so I can have like a small or a medium apple for my snack. Um, and then I get in bulk, I'll buy raw nuts. And then I just put some in a Ziploc mm-hmm. and I just throw all that in my cooler. Mm-hmm. And that's a snack that I have, whether I'm like running around on my day off with mm-hmm.
2: Olivia. Yes. I have that and in she a cooler. Is so cute. Oh, thank you. I met Olivia. That's that's Cara's da- daughter. I met her last Sunday and she is such a doll. She is.
0: I'm biased, but thank you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, it's just, you know, if you're thinking ahead like that, you have to plan, plan, plan to stay on track Mm -hmm. and keep blood sugar balance. So those are just some some of our
2: tips. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, So let's get back. We were talking before break about where are we getting all these excess estrogens. We've kind of established that, yes, this is a problem, but I'm sure people want to know why and where they're coming from, because not all estrogens are made in the ovaries and the testes. Fat cells produce estrogen as well. In a recent study published in the Journal of the National Cancer Institute found that women who had higher levels of body fat also had higher estrogens produced in the body and an increased risk of breast cancer. And so this is going to occur in men as well. So men that have higher levels of body fat produce an enzyme it's called aromatase and too much aromatase turns into te- or excuse me turns testosterone into estrogen. So that creates excess estrogen in men. Um, We go to a lot of Dr. Bob Rakowski's cancer seminars, and he states that excess estrogen is a factor in about half of prostate cancers. So, you know, Katie, we always hear that prostate cancer is excess
2: testosterone, Mm -hmm. don't we? Right. Um, he, He also points out that men with too much body fat, really, that they shouldn't be supplemented with that testosterone. Exactly, because um, that's just going to convert into excess estrogen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually, me and Carr were at that seminar together, um, and I remember him specifically saying that you should never give an overweight man testosterone. Because it, he mm-hmm. said it was almost criminal. Because mm-hmm. of that aromatase enzyme, it will automatically convert testosterone into an excess estrogen right. form.
0: So there's no sense in supplementing with that yes. until you get the ex- you need to get the estrogen piece mm-hmm. detoxed. Yes, first. absolutely. And
2: then you know, for some, bringing down the weight too. I mean, right because fat, fat cells... cells produce estrogen as well. Exactly. Good point. So,
0: as a society, we're really exposed to hundreds of things on a daily basis that affect our hormones and also cause excess estrogen. So not everything that we're going to mention here is completely in our control, but a lot of these things are. Mm -hmm. So it's the total toxic overload that's creating problems. It's usually not just,
2: you know, one or two things. Exactly. You know, there's something called a xenoestrogen, um, and xenoestrogens are substances found in our environment that actually mimic the estrogen we make in our bodies. So they're kind of, uh, they're bad estrogens. They can be very disruptive to the reproductive hormones as well as thyroid hormone function. So they are actually called endocrine disruptors because they affect more than just the reproductive hormon- hormones. You know, But in this show, we will probably, you know, we're just going to call them xenoestrogens or bad estrogens.
0: People have probably heard of this one
2: that's a xenoestrogen. It's
0: bisphenol A. Or that BPA. BPA. That's mm-hmm. a much easier way to say it. <laughs> uh, that's been in the, new- the news over the last few years. It's found in certain plastics, even water bottles and baby bottles. It's found in the lining of canned foods, soda
2: cans, it's in pizza boxes, dental fillings and credit card receipts. Mm-hmm. So this is another step that people start to take in looking for, you know, where is this BPA um, being found? The list of BPA-containing items can be overwhelming. You know, an easy place to start um, to reduce exposure is by avoiding, you know, plastic bottles that have BPA. So, or you know, or look for stainless steel bottles. Um, look for plastic that's labeled uh, number two, number four, or number five. So those, those are all,
0: like, better options that don't have that.
2: Yes. Um, you know, do not microwave food covered with plastic wrap or in any type of plastic container. Um, it can leach Do not leave any kind of type of plastic water bottles exposed to high heat. Again, that leaching, it heats up that plastic and it can leach into the water. Sunlight, um, you know, don't freeze. Don't use any freezing temperatures. It's always good to use glass containers, ceramic dishes, or BPA-free plastic for storing and heating Mm -hmm. food. You know, for water bottles, for instance. Right. Making sure that you're using a good water bottle that's not going to be leaching in some of that BPA.
0: I think at our house we finally have the BPA plastics out. Um, it took a little while to replace everything, you know, once it started becoming more common knowledge. I really became an expert in BPA when I was pregnant, and I read something about fetuses that were exposed to high levels of BPA were more likely to have estrogen-related cancer as an adult.
2: No Yeah, there's no better motivator than being pregnant and realizing
0: what you're doing affects. I'm
2: affecting this
0: fetus. Mm -hmm. Fetuses, infants, and children are all more vulnerable to the effects of all these xenoestrogens that we're talking about.
2: Right. And if you go um, to the Environmental Working Group website, it has a video that gives some of this very sobering information. Um, The e EWG is a nonprofit organization and resource that really advocates for a cleaner environment. Um, So Ken Cook, he's the president of EWG. He discussed how they sent umbilical cord blood from the fetuses of 10 American babies to a lab for testing.
0: So the lab tested for 413 different pesticides and chemicals. They were looking to see how many of these 413 they would find. The umbilical cord blood samples came back and... Each fetus on average had 200 chemicals wow. exposed. That's amazing. So, and of those 200 chemicals, 134 were associated with cancer. So he, what he says is our babies are being born pre-polluted. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that all those babies are going to get cancer as adults. But I guess the point of his video is that we really need to reduce our exposure to all these chemicals. And during pregnancy is just a really important
2: time to look to, at that. To do so. Mm-hmm. Um, parabens, if you've ever heard that word before. So parabens are a, another xenoestrogen. And those are found in personal care products. Um, you'll see these listed you know. Um, see these listed on labels and they'll say things like methylparaben, propylparaben, or butylparaben. Uh, these are also found everywhere in products like shampoos, lotions, deodorants, shaving gel, and cosmetics. And I really try. You know, I, I almost think of it as everything that I put on my skin is going to get absorbed into my bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Just like you're, if you were eating it. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to eat maybe this lotion or this shampoo. Right. right. Because it has a lot of bad parabens No, in that's it. a great
0: thing to think about before putting things on your skin uh, because parabens have been detected in breast cancer tissues at concentrations up to a million times higher than the amount of estrogen that would naturally be found in human breast tissue. So in the highest concentrations were actually found in, in several studies or the underarm area,
2: which, of mm-hmm. course, is where people where put deodorant. The deodorant, yes. You know, other culprits um, known as phthalates, they are found in shampoos, hairspray, lotions, nail polish, perfume. Um, I even just read that they were found in some um, things like tampons and pads.
0: Oh, my gosh. So you really have to be thinking about anything mm-hmm. you're using that's... Personal care product. Katie, I was just looking at the time. Do you want to take a break? We should take a break before.
2: um, And when we come back, we'll talk maybe a little bit more of these xenoestrogens, and then we're going to start to make the the food connection. Mm -hmm. How do I break down some of these bad estrogens in my system. Um, But, you know, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before we get to break, I want to tell you about some motivating classes we have coming up. So everyone, get your calendars ready to make a commitment to yourself. You know, a commitment you are going to take the next step and improve your nutrition by taking some classes. You know, are you someone who is determined to achieve the next level in your physical performance? Maybe you're an athlete or maybe you're someone who just really enjoys working out. If this sounds like you or someone you know, Kristen is going to be teaching nutrition for peak performance at Mississippi Market in St. Paul. And that's going to be on Wednesday, June 5th uh, from 5 to 7. You know, we're in studio today chatting about nutrition. And if you have any questions for us, why don't you give us a call? Our number is 651-641-1071.
0: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cara Carper, licensed nutritionist here with my coworker, Katie Harla, registered and licensed dietitian. And we were talking about upcoming classes. I have another one to share. Kate Crosby will be teaching nutrition for fertility in North Oaks on Wednesday, June 5th from 430 to 630. Research has made connections between what you eat and your ability to to conceive. So if you or someone you know is trying to get pregnant, this is a very important class to attend. And remember, all the nurses out there can receive CEUs for attending these classes. Mm -hmm. That's a nice little incentive. I know. It's a good bonus. Of course, we can't forget to mention the upcoming upcoming Nutrition for Weight Loss series starting in June. I know we have a lot of listeners that want to come and take the series, but never do. So my question is, what are you waiting for? I promise you'll have a blast and you're going to learn a lot. Uh, Zig Ziglar has a wonderful quote that he says, every choice you make has an end result. We know that the way you eat has an impact on your life and how you feel. So check it out. The classes start the week of June 10th, and our front desk can help you out with that. They're at 651-699-3438. And we have some information that we just kind of want to go over before we get back into, like,
2: xenoestrogens. Mm -hmm. And And then into the food connection. Yeah, this is a little bit about, you know... We're going to dig into some excess estrogen and some birth control pills and hormone replacement therapy topics. You know, excess estrogen can also start early in a woman's menstrual history and be carried out into menopause. You know, teenagers and young men uh, women who suffer from difficult periods or acne are often placed on birth control pills to regulate their cycles and minimize acne. And I have a lot of young clients. You know, why are you on the birth control pills? Oh, it's um, you know, just asking. You know, oh, it's for it's for my acne or it's for it's to regulate my period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, this is not, it's almost like a mask. It's not getting to the root of the problem, which may just be excess estrogen in the first place. Now they're receiving more synthetic estrogen on a daily basis. Many birth control pill uh, or many birth control estrogens, they're 100 times stronger than what is normally produced by women in the ovaries. Birth control pills have been linked to cervical and breast cancers.
0: And you hear about a lot of women taking birth control for 10 or 20 or more years. And, you know, maybe they're done with birth control and then all of a sudden they're entering into perimenopause or menopause. And shortly after, they might be started on a synthetic estrogen, a hormone replacement therapy. And the commonly used one, which is Mm -hmm. Premarin, the estrogen from horse urine, that contains estrogen levels that are eight times stronger than what is produced in a woman's body.
2: You know, and the Journal of National Cancer Institute published a study which was one of the largest and best-designed studies on hormone replacement therapy. It made he- news headlines in 2002, you know, when the study was halted. One reason was because the women taking these synthetic estrogens had such a higher risk of breast cancer that it would have been unethical to continue the study.
0: And millions of women actually did stop taking hormone replacement therapy when they heard about the study um, And what happened is a year later is the incidence of breast cancer fell dramatically. It was 7% Mm -hmm.
2: in that one year. You know, and before deciding maybe to go on birth control pills or the HRT, the hormone replacement therapy, ask yourself, is it necessary or are there other options? Many times there are other options. And you might just need to find an
0: open-minded doctor who's going to work with you to decrease the dose. You know, if you are taking... Um, birth control or HRT or or maybe work with them to look at different mm-hmm. alternatives. Mm-hmm. And uh, I keep re- quoting Dr. Rakowski, but he he has really great information on cancer and estrogen. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, his thought on taking birth control or HRT is take the lowest dose
2: possible for the shortest time possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so that's the idea is if you feel like some of those things are going on, maybe instead of just masking it essentially with some of the replacements, um, figure out what the underlying cause is, and maybe Mm -hmm. we just need to get rid of some of them in the system to regulate our our Mm -hmm. cycles, regulate our hormones. Um, So we're gonna just talk a little bit more about the xenoestrogens, and then we're gonna talk about this food connection. You know, all these pesky xenoestrogens that we were talking about, you know, some of the, the phthalates, you know, things found in some of our lotions and our shampoos, what they do is they take up residence quite easily in our cells, estrogen receptors, in the body, don't differentiate between real estrogen made by our ovaries and testes and these chemical xenoestrogens or bad estrogens. So, so people exposed to a lot of these products will have a double effect of real estrogen being produced mm-hmm. and the bad estrogens. It's double creating, whammy. It, double, yep. Yeah, creating an excess.
0: Xenoestrogens are stubborn as well. Once they get into the fat cells, they tend to stay stored, just like all toxins are stored in fat cells. So our recommendation is read your product labels, start trying to decrease your exposure especially with you know children's products mm-hmm. and you know remembering that they're more vulnerable as they're growing and yes. developing. Mm-hmm. So all the personal care type products are they just so you know they are available without these parabens and phthalates and BPA's. They might not be as readily available but they're out there and You know, I get a lot of my stuff at Whole Foods or the co-ops, but Mm -hmm. I've even noticed Target and Babies R Us and places like that are, are selling things, products free of BPA,
2: parabens, and phthalates. Yes, yes. You know, being that we are nutritionists... You know, we really want to get into the nutritional connection to excess estrogens, too. You know, certain foods and beverages increase estrogen in the body, just like those plastic and personal care products we were talking about. You know, actually, alcohol increases circulating estrogen levels. One study showed us that, you know, the the blood and urine estrogen level increased up to 32% in women who drank just two drinks a day. Mm. Consequently, breast cancer risks are higher For women drinkers, it's best really to avoid alcohol or at least limit your alcoholic drinks to one per day. And this just stems back to the the estrogen that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And if
0: possible, it's important to eat organic fruits and vegetables, especially especially the ones that are most highly sprayed with pesticides. Um, And we have something called the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, Mm -hmm. which is on our website. So take a look at that, weightandwellness.com. It gives a list of the 12 <coughs> most highly sprayed fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. um, highly sprayed with pesticides. And then the clean 15 is, mm-hmm. are the ones that are the least sprayed. And so, you know, some of the most sprayed would be apples, blueberries, celery, grapes, kale, lettuce, strawberries, spinach. I'm not going to get into all of them, but um, it's important to just know this because maybe just buying
2: those yes. 12 would be the ones that organic. you'd want to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. So the Dirty Dozen, the ones, and I almost think of them as the, the fruits and veggies with a thinner skin. Um, oh, sure. Not as much of a protection yep. on them. Uh, so yeah, it's the, the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. Check it out on mm-hmm. our website. Um, but if you can only spend your organic dollars so many places, uh, you know, spending it on the clean, the, clean fi- or the Dirty, the dozen. dirty, dirty yep, dozen to yep. get those ones um, more organic. So the Environmental Working Group uh, that we just talked about earlier is the organization who put that list together. They also have great resources on their website about the safety of personal care products that we were talking about. Um, It's ewg.org if you wanted to look in a little mm-hmm. bit further. I have great information on there. I actually found a good sunscreen for our whole family.
0: Oh, Just, yeah. They have lists of you know good sunscreens that don't have parabens and phthalates and mm-hmm. things like that. But Okay, sorry Katie, back to pesticides. <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> you know, the downside of the pesticides and the herbicides, you know, sprayed on a lot of the crops, um, they're designed to keep pests and disease away from crops, but also those pesticides and herbicides, they act like bad estrogen. So eating too many of them can create more estrogen in the body. Or Organic vegetables and fruits do not contain pesticides. So that's one Mm -hmm. of the reasons it's so important. Estrogen compounds are also fed to chickens and
0: cattle to increase meat, egg, and dairy production. So look for meat and dairy with no added hormones. It's also best to choose meat and chicken that were not given antibiotics. But if you are buying certified organic, you know that there were no hormones or
2: antibiotics used. You know, and then let's just talk a little bit um, about... The RBGH that you could see on in milk, it's a synthetic hormone. It's injected into cows to boost their milk production. But it's been banned in Canada, Japan, Australia, over 27 countries in the European Union because of its health dangers.
0: Milk with RBGH contains high levels of something called insulin growth factor. And the growth factor actually causes cell growth and cell division. So when you pair something like that with already high estrogen levels in the body, it's even more likely to change normal breast tissue into breast cancer tissue.
2: You know, you can look for RBGH-free milk, and if you buy organic milk, it won't have this hormone. It's really unfortunate. Honestly, most schools don't offer RBGH or organic milk because a lot of children are drinking milk at school on a daily basis, and they're Mm -hmm. getting those hormones well, it looks like it is
0: time for our last break. It goes so this, quick, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't believe how fast this hour has gone.
2: But Oh, my goodness. You know, so it is time for our last break. Like Carl was saying, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. One of our main goals with this radio program and just our our company in general is to teach you that the foods you eat can affect how you feel so when we come back from break car is going to remind us how nutrition is important even for the older adult who may be in an assisted living facility so do you have any questions you can give us a call we are at 651-641-1071
1: allow me to blow your mind ready fat doesn't make you fat you okay still listening all right i got another one sugar substitutes actually cause you to gain weight. Whoa, oh, is it opposite day? Nope, just dropping a little science on you. The kind you'll learn at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The kind that will teach you how to eat real food that gets you to your real weight and makes you feel real good, for good. Because the point system doesn't add up. The starvation diet is mean. And you can count on calorie counting to let you down every single time. Learn to eat the way people did when obesity was an exception, not an epidemic. And learn how much delicious, real, vital food you can eat. That's the part that will really blow your mind and eventually your butt right off your backside. To sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com.
0: to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cara Carper. I'm here with Katie Harla. On April 20th of this year, we had a radio show called Managing Diabetes as an Older Adult. Our guest on the show was Joy Melby, and she helped manage a local assisted living facility. And after she learned the importance of eating real food, she started changing the menus as the assisted living, at the assisted mm-hmm. living facility. Sorry about that. They started to include more real and balanced meals. They reduced the amount of processed foods that were being served. And one of the most powerful comments that she heard was the residents had fewer illnesses, better blood sugar control, and fewer readmissions to the hospital. Those were just a few of the benefits. Something we really didn't get into during that show was the cost. And I know a lot of people were wondering about the cost of serving more real food. And assuming it was just more expensive. So we asked Joy that question. Did the shift in the menu to more real foods cost more? She said, actually, no. It ended up saving them money because the residents were healthier and able to stay at the assisted living facility longer. So uh, the residents were more satisfied from real food and did not need multiple servings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So better nutrition for the residents, a positive reflection in the budget for the facility. That's just an amazing story. Yes, it really
2: is. Well, we have a caller, so we're going to take a call real quick, okay. and then we'll dig into some Sounds of the food great. pieces. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Donna, you have a question for us.
1: Yeah, I'm just wondering, if we were to get tested at the doctor, what kind of
2: level should we be looking for? Um, the level offhand, you know, I, I'm i not sure the specific range. Cara, do you know the specific range?
0: Offhand, I don't. And We I, have that information at our office. Yes,
2: absolutely. Um I know I'm just, I'm just thinking about a gal I was working with last week, and a lot of gals we've been working with, sometimes the blood does not give us the best range of what the hormone is actually doing in our system. A blood test will pick up active hormones and inactive hormones. So really the best bet is to work on symptoms. Um, oh. I had a gal who actually was doing some of the the blood testing, and it was it was showing she was within normal range of her estrogen. But really working with her, she had been on birth control and um, hormone replacement for such a long period of time. And she was struggling with her weight, too. So, you know, with some of the hot flashes she was having, mm-hmm. I, it was very obvious to me that she was having um, excess estrogen, even though the blood level was showing up normal. Um, so those excess estrogens don't always show up. When they're coming from other sources like the
0: xenoestrogens exactly. and the meats.
2: Exactly. Um, you know, so for her, what we did is we we did this approach, real food, and we actually put her on some ester factors, and her estrogen levels actually started to balance out. So symptoms are much better, um, a much better result than some of those hormone levels in the blood because they don't tell the whole story. Okay. Well, thank you. You are welcome. Thanks for calling. Have Great a good question. day, Donna. Bye. So let's get back into this a little bit more. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the food piece and the carbohydrates. Right. And so I think there is sometimes a
0: misunderstanding about carbohydrates. People don't realize maybe that fruits and vegetables are carbohydrates. You hear about pasta and bread being carbs. Mm -hmm. So when someone has excess estrogen, eating a lot of the starchier carbohydrates and sweets and soda and things like that, will
2: make it very hard to get rid of those estrogens. Mm -hmm. You know, that's because a high estrogen or high carbohydrate diet, like lots of cereals, bagels, breads, cookies, and other similar foods, they create excess insulin. When the excess, you know, and that excess insulin actually promotes fat storage. Remember Mm -hmm. that fat cells, the more we have, the more estrogen that we have.
0: So an optimal diet for reducing estrogens and preventing estrogen-related cancers would be something like organic meat or chicken or eggs with organic fruits and veggies, or at least, you know, look at the Clean 15 list Mm -hmm. and choose from that. Otherwise, try to get organic. Right. And then, of course, a healthy fat source, maybe organic butter or avocados, nuts, and coconut oil. Mm -hmm. That's optimal for reducing insulin
2: um, or reducing fat and then, therefore, reducing estrogens in general. Um, The fruits... You know, lots of fruits and veggies, moderate fruit intake, um, up to three servings per day, very cancer preventative. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cancer always kind of occurs when the body is more in an acidic state. Veggies and fruits are very alkalizing. They contain the fiber that helps our bowels excrete the estrogen. And they are really the best carbohydrates for obtaining healthy body weight because they don't create that insulin surge, that insulin spike, especially those non-starchy veggies. Right. And so, you know, something that I like to do
0: is um, I like to go to Trader Joe's Mm -hmm, and look for frozen fruits and veggies. And we steam, bake, or broil the veggies. Sometimes I use the frozen fruit in my smoothies or in yogurt. Um, I thaw out frozen spinach the night before and put it in my eggs the next morning. Sure, sure. So... Cruciferous veggies are a type of vegetable that actually helps the body
2: detoxify estrogens. So some examples of cruciferous vegetables are kale, they're collard greens, maybe broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, and Brussels sprouts. They contain something called indole 3 carbonyl. It's a powerful nutrient that helps the liver get rid of excess estrogens.
0: And we've given people a good overview of where a lot of these estrogens are coming from. So let's give some more suggestions on how to get rid of them for cancer prevention. Yes. Or even as part of a cancer treatment plan. You know, we're
2: going to quote good Are old we doctor, quoting him again? <laughs> we are. But he's, again, because he's done such phenomenal <laughs> research. In his seminars on cancer, he gives this advice in regards to estrogen. Whether you're making them, whether you're taking them, or unknowingly exposed to them, you have to detoxify them what he means by that is whether your body is
0: making estrogen or what, you know producing estrogen, or maybe you're taking estrogen as birth control or hormone, hormone replacement therapy, or maybe you're just exposed to all the xenoestrogens that we've been talking about or the estrogens from our food sources. Mm-hmm. He strongly believes everybody needs to detoxify estrogens. Um, he says we, can all, we pretty much assume that we have toxic estrogens particularly because of everything we're exposed to.
2: Yes. You know, so the ester factors that I was talking about earlier, we were talking about, um, I took, it's a wonderful product. It really is. The Metagenics, or Metagenics is the company that actually makes it. Um, You know, estrogen has different pathways in the body. We want it to go down the path that leads to a weaker form so it doesn't cause the issue of too much estrogen. So estro factors, what it really does is it helps the liver convert it into a weaker form, um, not the form that is that's abundant and so heavy in our system. Mm-hmm. It really helps break it down. And remember, we
0: recommend we rem re- re- Oh my gosh, excuse me. We, we recommended cruciferous vegetables mm-hmm. because they contain indole three carbonyl. So that is going to help the liver and the gut detoxify excess estrogens. Yes. So if you're not a huge fan of broccoli and cabbage, which is where those are coming from, don't worry. (laughs) I think
2: that, you know, as I'm helping clients write up meal plans, you know, hey, what about some broccoli or cabbage? And they kind of give you that look like, I don't I don't like
0: broccoli. I don't like cabbage. I don't like cauliflower. That's okay. (laughs) There is actually a supplement that has the same properties. It's called Meta-I3C by Metagenics, and that contains the indole 3 carbonyl.
2: You know, so if you're kind of listening to the show and you're thinking, gosh, you know, I have several of the signs of estrogen dominance that they're mentioning. You know, what we really recommend is that you can take both of those supplements, the meta I3C um, as well as the ester factor. Some people mm-hmm. really need long them long term, um, but others can get a jump start on detoxing estrogen for three to six month time frame. After I gave birth, I had
0: a lot of symptoms of excess estrogen. Sure. And I decided to use a product. It's called Estrium Whey. This one's also by Metagenic. So it's got a lot of the same ingredients as estrofactors, Mm -hmm. but it does have additional nutrients. And then added whey protein powder as well. So I used it as basically the protein and carbohydrate part of my snack every day For a few months, and I noticed a huge improvement
2: in my symptoms. Yes. You know, fish oil is certainly very beneficial overall, very anti-inflammatory. Some of this excess estrogen is um, very inflammatory in the system, but also probiotics Mm -hmm. are very beneficial for this. And,
0: you know, some of our clients and class members and listeners are familiar with probiotics. Uh, We talk about bifido quite a bit, and there's a lot of benefits, but having enough good bacteria will help your body to detoxify estrogens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've been on antibiotics, prescription drugs, or eating
2: sugar, these are all things that deplete good bacteria. So, most likely, you will need a supplement. Really, without enough of that good bacteria, estrogen is really not carried out of the body in the digestive tract. So, people who are really dealing with constipation, um, this would be more of an issue. Um, but if it so, if you're dealing with constipation or you know, your bowels aren't moving, that estrogen is going to be reabsorbed and recirculated and it builds up. Mm -hmm. So really that good bacteria is so important. It happens, um, you know, that that probiotic like bifidobacteria really helps to excrete estrogens that help with constipation.
0: And that might be all that it takes to get rid of constipation is adding in some good bacteria. Um, If that's not enough, I mean, we've talked about, we have Several shows people can listen to on gut health
2: mm-hmm, absolutely. and get tips,
0: but if you know if you have excess estrogen, you have to be going to the bathroom every
2: day, every single day. And I, um, I even talked about that before, as I had more bowel issues before when I was dealing with some of this estrogen dominance. So important for it to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, we sure did cover a lot of info today, don't you think? We did um, a lot of different angles. Yes, you know, a lot of the main points that we've been talking about: excess estrogen. Um, if either your system is making it or you're getting it in your food supply from the herbicides or um, pesticides, really, it does promote cancer in the system. So get rid of it. Detoxify Um, those estrogens. So thank you so much for tuning in, all of you nutrition fans in Radio Land. Glad to have you.
1: Life, I love you. All is groovy.
0: Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.